Welcome back to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk, and this is my fourth and final episode where we're going back and looking at Coach Ferentz, his time at Iowa City as the head coach. And today's episode is going to cover seasons 2016 through 2020, some really fun moments that happened during those years and some great bowl wins. Before we get to that, I've had some fun doing this in prior episodes, and I was thinking, you know, Kirk Ferris was hired by Hayden Fry in 1981, joined that unbelievable coaching staff that, that Hayden Fry had assembled and started taking them to Rose Bowls. And I thought, what was going on in 1981? And one of the big deals was post-it notes were launched. Where would we be today without post-it notes? They were actually pretty handy. I liked them. You know, you could write something down, uh, a reminder for the next day. And then the first IBM PC was invented. Donkey Kong was released. I love those 80s games, the, the Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, the Galaga. Donkey Kong was a great one. Just so many fun games in the 80s. MTV was launched. The first video played was Video Killed the Radio Star, and then Prince Charles, Lady Di were married. Uh, the great reggae singer Bob Marley died at only 36 years old. And then in the theaters, Raiders of the Lost Ark was, was dominating. Kim Carnes led the charts with Betty Davis eyes. Diana Ross and Lionel Richie sang Endless Love. Uh, Lady by Kenny Rogers was a big hit. Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Cool in the Gang. Celebration. Hall and Oates with Kiss on My List. I Love a Rainy Night by Eddie Rabbit. Dolly Parton's Nine to Five. And then Ario Speedwagon, Keep on Loving You. And who remembers this one? Believe it or not, the theme song to The Greatest American Hero, that TV show in the early 80s. Well, no post-it notes are being used in 2016. If we're making any notes, it's on our iPhones. But 2016 for the Iowa Hawkeyes started great with a fun win over Miami of Ohio, then a 42-3 win over the Cyclones and first-year head coach Matt Campbell. Not to be a spoiler, but he has yet to get a win against the Hawkeyes in his head coaching career. So Kirk has owned that rivalry thus far. Will be a good one this year, though, with both teams ranked pretty highly. Last year would have been such a fun game in Kinnick, but it was canceled. So we're going to have to wait until the second game of 2021 to see if Kirk Ferentz and the Hawkeyes can make that streak 6-0 against Matt Campbell. Uh, Paul Rhodes, as he exited the program the year before that game, had guaranteed a bowl for the 2016 Cyclones, so it seemed like a great win at the time, but they only ended up 3-9 and nine that season. C.J. Beathard was on in that game. He had three touchdowns, and the 16th-ranked Hawkeyes rolled. Vandy, Matt Vandenberg had 129 yards receiving. Daniels and Wadley racked up yards rushing. And next up was one of those games I can't even stand as a Hawkeye fan. You know, there haven't been many of these. I can only remember this one uh, as far as losing to an FCS program because Iowa hasn't lost to UNI. But Iowa lost to North Dakota, 21-23. to They're a great FCF, FCS team, but it's just frustrating when that happens. Thankfully, I stayed home that game. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. My parents were actually back visiting, and I did not make the trip to Kinnick Stadium, and I was so glad. And interestingly, Tim Polishek, who was the O coordinator at North Dakota uh, at that point, uh, and then later came to Iowa to be the offensive line coach, and now he's moved on this year to Wyoming to be the offensive coordinator there. 
Well, the Hawkeyes beat Rutgers, but had one of those rough one-touchdown losses to Northwestern before nice wins over Minnesota and Purdue. But the Hawkeyes lost to Wisconsin at Kennett, got blown out at Penn State. At this point, the season seemed kind of lost. And then Michigan came to town. And along with Michigan, my buddy Juice from Detroit came down to Iowa City. And he, he's, he, he brings something when he comes to those games. We've seen a lot of fun wins together. And we had a heck of a day tailgating. And we were just hoping for a miracle against the number two team in the nation, the Wolverines. And guess what? Iowa did it with freshman Keith Duncan. He hit a field goal as time expired and fans rushed onto the field. It's one of those big ones. You just get goosebumps thinking about how it felt in Kinnick Stadium that evening. Well, the next game, Iowa blanked Illinois in Champaign and beat number 17, Nebraska, 40-19 at Kinnick Stadium. And the Hawkeyes ended up 6-3 in the Big Ten. I'd kind of forgotten about that Nebraska game, but it was a fun one. And Kenneth Bethard had three touchdown passes, two of those to George Kittle. LaShawn Daniels had 158 yards rushing and two TDs. Riley McCarron had 100 yards receiving. And in the first quarter, Wadley had a 75-yard touchdown run. And then a 77-yard touchdown reception from Riley McCarron. I do remember that. A short post, and he just reeled it in and outran the defense. Well, I really, you know, game I really tried to forget was that Outback Bowl that year, number 21 Iowa versus number 20 Florida, and Iowa lost 3-30. to 30. It was such a strange game. The Hawkeyes rushed for 171 yards to 109 for Florida, but Iowa threw for 55 yards compared to 222 for Florida, and the Hawkeyes had three turnovers in the game, just not a great end to a season to make it 8-5. and five. You know, a bowl win and a 9-4 and four record, would have made for a better look on that season and, and kind of a better feeling going into the postseason. Well, CJ had just under 2,000 yards passing, 57% completion rate, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Daniels and Wadley both had over 1,000 yards rushing, both with 10 TDs. And then Riley McCarron had 43 catches, 517 yards. George Kittle, 22 catches, 314 yards. And Josie Jewell led the team in tackles, followed by Bo Bauer, Brandon Snyder, current chief, Ben Neiman and Desmond King. And you look at those guys, three of those guys are in the NFL now. Josie Jewell, Desmond King, Ben Neiman. 2017 Iowa football had another eight and five season, but the four and five conference record was a little tough to digest. But the streak of bowl losses ended with a win over Boston College in the Pinstripe Bowl in New York City. This was Nate Stanley's first year as starting quarterback, and it started out very well with a 24-3 win over Wyoming and current Bills quarterback Josh Allen. That was a, a nice win to shut him down that game. And game two was an entertaining 44-41 win over the Cyclones and Ames. Nate Stanley had quite a game against the in-state rivals. It was his second start as a Hawkeye. He had 333 yards passing and five touchdowns. The Cyclones had Alan Lazard, Hakeem Butler at wide receiver, and each had two recept touchdown receptions. But the Hawkeyes had Nick Easley, the Newton walk-on, Matt Vandenberg, and Akram Wadley, who probably won the game with his catch and run, 48 yards for a touchdown to tie the game with 109 left in regulation. He made several guys miss on that play. And then Amir Smith-Marset, the true freshman, catches the game winner in overtime. That was just, that was just a great feeling. I'll never forget, too. Uh, James Daniel, I mean, 
it's touchdown, and then the camera pans to the crowd, and there's James Daniels jumping up and down with fans in the stands. It was just unbelievable, just an awesome moment. So the Hawkeyes were 3-0, and hosting number four Penn State. It looked like it was revenge time. The Hawkeyes were leading before giving up the game-winning pass on the final game of the play, when the ball barely went over Geno Stone's fingertip. The receiver barely stayed in bounds. But it was just crazy. You know, what a drive, but how does that happen? Last play of the game, and they score the touchdown, and the Hawks drop it. Well, next up was a seven-point loss in East Lansing. A win over Illinois, lost by a touchdown in Northwestern, and then a win over Minnesota. So nice to keep Floyd, but, man, this is a – the main takeaway from this season was – that went over Ohio State, 55-24. to 24. It was just unreal. Amani Hooker started off with a pick six. It was one of the most fun wins I've watched in Kinnick Stadium. Just because of the team they were playing, uh, the trick plays, the big plays. Uh, it was such a great great team that, that, that they just blew out at Kinnick Stadium. So much fun. And the Hawks got ranked 25 after that. But only mustered 66 yards of offense against Wisconsin at Camp Randall. Lost to Purdue at home. You know, and then they had the nice win, 56-14 over Nebraska. Um, it was Scott Frost's first year in Lincoln. And then they got the bull win in the Pinstripe Bowl. So it was just kind of an up-and-down season. But that Pinstripe Bowl was a really fun game for fans that could make it make it there. I mean, you could t it was cold. You could tell it was really, really cold. Uh, but those fans out east or the wanted to travel to New York City and spend some time, it was, a, it was a fun game, and the Hawks got a close win. You know, Nate Stanley had a pretty good first season. He had 2,400 yards passing, only completed 56%, but 26 touchdowns, six interceptions. Wadley led the team in rushing with over 1,000, 1,100 yards, followed by James Butler and Got a little bit bummed, you know, Butler really had high expectations for him having a one-two punch again, but he was, he was injured. He would have probably had 600-plus yards and would have really helped the team. Nick Easley uh, caught 51 catches, over 500 yards. Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson were starting to come on in 2017. You can see they had something really special. As far as leading tacklers, it was the outlaw, uh, Bo Bauer, Ben Neiman, Jake Gervas, Monty Hooker, Budget, and on the old line, <laughs> James Daniels. I mentioned him. He was something else. He plays for the Bears now. You got Bill Stead, Ike Butker. He was a free agent guy who's, who's stuck for quite a few years now, and and has started a lot of games for the Bills. Boone Myers, Sean Welsh, really paved some holes for the running backs. Twenty eighteen was season twenty at the helm for head coach Kirk Ferentz at the University of Iowa, and the Hawkeyes got started hot. They had a blowout win over Northern Illinois, win over the Cyclones at home, and then an easy win over U and I to start the season. But then Wisconsin came to town, and this was a frustrating game. And I recall this because it was the eighteenth ranked Badgers, and the Hawkeyes really had this game but just couldn't finish. Somehow, it became a seventeen to twenty eight loss. Stanley passed for 250 yards in the game. Uh, IKM, Ivory Kelly Martin, had 72 yards rushing. TJ Hawkinson had 125 yards rece receiving. The Hawkeyes' first drive went 80 yards. 
and they were stopped on a fourth and one at the five yard line, so no points on the board. And guess what happened? Wisconsin went 95 yards to make it seven to nothing. But really, no fear, the Hawkeyes scored at the end of the half on a 20, 20 yard TD pass to Noah Fant. It was seven to seven at halftime. The Hawkeyes ended up kind of controlling this game a little bit, got ahead 17 to 14. Gave up a TD after a late 88-yard touchdown drive by the Badgers. And then there was an interception by Stanley. The game was pretty much over. Uh, Wisconsin scored on a long touchdown run with seconds left in the game to make it 28-17. to Kind of a frustrating game. It just really felt like the Hawkeyes had it being up 17-14 to late. Gave up that long drive. We're really not used to the seeing the Hawkeyes do. Well, the Hawkeyes got some nice high-scoring wins over Minnesota, Indiana, and Maryland before losing to number 18, Penn State, by six in Happy Valley. It was another game the Hawkeyes could have won. It was the game where TJ Hawkinson was wide open over the middle. It was a third and one. Beautiful call. He does a little post pattern. Fooled everybody on a third and one. They, it was a play action. They thought that we were going to run it. He was wide open, got overthrown. Uh, would have been a 60-yard touchdown. Instead, had to punt. And then Penn State had an interception, returned it to the three-yard line. And then this was the game with the interception at the goal line where the receivers were out there. They got mixed up and weren't ready for the play. The ball was snapped. The pass was thrown, and, and they just weren't ready for it. And Penn State got the interception. That was a, that was a shame, but... Then it was a 36-38 loss to Purdue, another one of those frustrating games where the Hawks dominate in time of possession, move the ball well, but just gave up some things on the defensive side that you normally don't really see from them, and they just couldn't pull this one out on the road. Next up was a 63-0 thrashing of Illinois in Champaign, and this was the game that A.J. Epinesa was just so dominating. He had the punt block return for a touchdown multiple sacks. You could tell that the future was bright for him. Final game of the regular season was Nebraska and Miguel Racinos drilled a 41-yard field goal into the rain as time expired to get the 31-28 win for the Hawkeyes. Man, if you remember this game, it was it was over earlier. It seemed like Iowa seemed like they had it won. They were up 28 to 13 in the middle of the third quarter. And the Huskers, it seemed like they were about to quit, but Iowa ran a fake field goal instead of kicking the field goal at the three-yard line. The play was stuffed at the two, and Nebraska went on a 98-yard touchdown drive. Suddenly, instead of potentially the 31-13 scenario with a field goal, it's now 28-20, and I'm getting nervous again. And the worst part about that drive is uh, it was fourth and three, from Nebraska's nine-yard line, they ran a fake punt, and they got the first down and tacked on another 15. Kind of a questionable, if I recall, personal foul, but it was on Imani Hooker. Gave them great field position. They went on and scored. The game just went downhill after that. Iowa punted. Luckily, not luckily, but they got an interception. The Hawkeyes did on, on the Huskers' next drive. And then Racinos missed a field goal that would have kind of put the game away. And then Nebraska marched 80 yards for a touchdown. And the game ended on a 41-yard, nine-play drive. And then the big 41-yard field goal by Racinos. And talk about stones. Kirk Ferentz went for it on fourth and eight from the Nebraska 37. 
with 42 seconds left in the game, Stanley completed a 10-yard pass to TJ Hawkinson, and that set up the game-winning field goal by Racinos. That was exciting. I mean, I remember <laughs> the excitement and the relief that they got that win. I mean, they could not blow that lead. Well, the season was capped off with a 27-22 win over number 18, Mississippi State. And what a fun game that was. Iowa could not rush the ball in that game, had minus 15 yards. Of course, that includes sacks, but there were just no big runs for the Hawkeyes in this game. A three-yard run would have been a big run. But Mississippi State had 190 yards rushing the ball. And it's crazy to win a game with kind of lopsided stat like that, but... Stanley had a nice game, and the Mississippi, Mississippi State quarterback was just horrible. The highlight of the game was the 75-yard touchdown pass from Stanley to Nick Easley. Again, the former walk-on from Newton, Iowa. And it was, it was a crazy game, but it was great to be on the winning side of a game against the SEC again. The Hawkeyes finished the season 9-4 and 5-4 and and in the Big Ten. Stanley had over 28 yards passing, 26 TDs, 10 interceptions. The running game was a three-headed monster with Makai Sargent. He had 745 yards. Torin Young with over 600. Ivory Kelly Martin with about 340. I think he was injured again that year. It was a talented receiver core. He had ISM. Nick Easley was the leading receiver as far as receptions. TJ Hawkinson led in yardage. Noah Fant, Brandon Smith, some really solid guys. And Jake Dravas was the leading tackler, followed by Imani Hooker, Jack Hockaday, Parker Hesse. It was a really fun D-line, too. That, you know, the rotations they had out there with Hesse and A.J. Epinesa rotating on that right defensive end. Matt Nelson in the middle. Cedric Lattimore. Anthony Nelson plays for the Buccaneers. So, you know, the big guy from the Des Moines area. His dad, Jeff Nelson, played D-line for the Hawkeyes. And he's a Super Bowl champ now. Along with uh, his teammate, Tristan Wirfs, both playing for the Bucks. The 2019 Hawkeyes started the season ranked number 20 and went 4-0 with high-scoring victories. Other than an 18-17 victory of the Cyclones in the game that had that long rain delay and the crazy ending with the fumbled punt, the Hawkeyes recovered for the victory. But the offense stalled in Ann Arbor in a 3-10 loss to Michigan. Iowa just couldn't get anything going an offense in that game, nor could Michigan, but they were able to get the victory and scored one touchdown. And that was followed by a 12-17 loss to Penn State at Kinnick. And Iowa struggled offensively again, didn't score a touchdown with close to two minutes left in the game. And that was on a 33-yard touchdown by Brandon Smith. The Hawkeyes bounced back with a win over Purdue at home and a 20-0 win over Northwestern and Evanston before losing 22-24 in Camp Randall Stadium against the Badgers. And it's that's been the biggest struggle of late, you know, trying to get, get over the hump and beat the Badgers. have been close games, but the Hawkeyes have just struggled getting the win against Wisconsin. And in this game, Iowa was down 6-21 to at the end of the third quarter before scoring, you know, getting a touchdown pass and then a field goal and then Tyrone Tracy's 75-yard TV reception. But it was a little, too little too late in that game. But Floyd stayed home in Iowa City again, and the bowl game was so much fun. It was the 49-24 win over the USC Trojans in San Diego at the Holiday Bowl. Amir Smith-Marset had three touchdowns in the game, a six-yard run 
98-yard kickoff return, 12-yard TD reception. So it was a 10-3 season, 6-3 in the Big Ten. And it was the sixth 10-win season for Captain Kirk in his 21 years at the helm. And prior to that bowl game, Bump Elliott and Hayden Fry both passed away. And I think there was just a little bit of extra help looking over this team that day. And they got to do the hokey pokey in the locker room after the game in honor of Hayden Fry. The Hawkeyes held USC to just 22 yards rushing and dominated the time of possession that game, won the turnover battle 3 to nothing. It was another one of your typical solid Nate Stanley years as a senior. He passed for 2,900 yards, just over 59% accuracy, 16 TDs, 10 interceptions. Georgia native running back Tyler Goodson led the team in rushing. He had 134 rushes, 638 yards, followed by Makai Sargent and Torin Young. Mir Smith-Marset led the team in yardage as far as receiving. Nico Regani led in receptions, followed by Brandon Smith and Tyrone Tracy Jr., Sam Laporta, uh, he was coming on as the season progressed as a true freshman tight end and got some support at that position with Nate Weeding as well. Christian Welch really came on his senior season. He's now with the Ravens, and he led the team in tackling. I couldn't help but wonder you know, if that could have changed things enough to get a win with him in the middle against Wisconsin. He was injured in that game, and the Badgers just ran it up the middle almost at will. The following Welsh was Jack Kerner. Geno Stone, John and Colbert, Matt Hankins. It was a great defensive line with Chauncey Golston, Sed Lattimore, Brady Reef, AJ Epinesa, who went to the Bills after his junior season got drafted. And he, you know, insanely athletic. Tristan Wirfs also went pro after his junior season. And he played so well last year in the NFL as a rookie protecting Tom Brady in his first season as a right tackle, only gave up one sack the whole season. Some great Hawkeyes, man. You talk about AJ and Tristan, unbelievable guys and unbelievable players. Season 22 for Kirk Ferris was an unusual one to say the least. The pandemic was causing all kinds of uncertainty and the season schedule was announced. It was canceled a few days later. Finally, after seeing that other conferences could play football, the Big Ten had a shortened season starting in late October. Iowa started with two disappointing losses, dropping the first one to Purdue 20-24, then 20-22 to Northwestern. The Purdue game was frustrating because the Hawkeyes couldn't stop David Bell. The great wide receiver for Purdue had 13 receptions, three touchdowns. Iowa had a lot of yards in that game, but struggled on third downs and had a ridiculous 10 penalties for 100 yards. And the Hawkeyes were actually winning this game late, but Makai Sargent fumbled after a nice run for a first down. Purdue dove on it, got the score to take the lead, and held on for the win. The Northwestern game was really strange. The Hawkeyes were up 17 to nothing at halftime, then only scored a field goal in the second half, while the Wildcats got three touchdowns. And for some reason, Spencer Petrus threw 50 passes in this game. And that just does not seem like the typical game plan for the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, offense. I'm not sure what happened that caused them to pass so much with the new quarterback. Well, things did get better, uh, starting with a 49-7 win over Michigan State at home, a 35-7 win over the Gophers in Minneapolis, and a 41-21 win over Penn, Penn State at Beaver Stadium. And Iowa's dominance over Nebraska continued, I think it's six in a row now, with a win at Kinnick, 
And then came the crazy game in Champagne. Petrus was so off early in that game, throwing the ball at guys' feet, just couldn't make easy passes. Iowa got down 0-14 to before Spencer led the team on a TD drive, converted on a fourth down, uh, followed by two field goals to cut the lead to 13-14 to at half. And after that, it was all Iowa winning 35-14. to 35 unanswered points to finish the game. Petrus ended up a respectable 18 of 28 passing, 220 yards, three touchdowns. One to Sam Laporta, one to ISM, and one for Sean Byer. And the Hawkeyes also had 204 yards rushing in this game, so nice balance on the offensive side of the ball. The season ended with number 19 Iowa beating number 25 Wisconsin, 28-7. Another nice performance by Spencer Petrus. Tyler Goodson with a big game on the ground. He had an 80-yard touchdown run. This game was just six to nothing Hawkeyes at halftime before a nice 19-yard pass to ISM. Two-point conversion to Brandon Smith to make it 14-0. Wisconsin got its first and only score before the 53-yard touchdown pass to ISM. 80-yard TD run by T. Good to close this game out. And the Heartland Trophy is back in Iowa City. That's been one of the fun things about the last several years of the Kirk Ferentz era. Iowa has beaten Iowa State five years in a row. Didn't get to play last year, but they kept the Cyhawk Trophy in Iowa City for six years now. Uh, Iowa has kept Floyd of Rosedale for six straight years. And the boat rower, P.J. Fleck, hasn't beaten Captain Kirk yet, nor has Matt Campbell, by the way. And Iowa has beaten Nebraska six times in a row, seven of the last eight. It should be eight in a row, if not for the meltdown in 2014 that loss in overtime that Scott Frost has never beaten. Kirk Ferris either. And Wisconsin isn't the team they were, you know, back in the Hayden Fry era. Iowa went 17-0-1 at one point in 18 games against Wisconsin. Uh, that ended in 1997, that streak, but you know, those wins have been more elusive recently with Iowa winning in 2015 that had four straight losses before winning again in 2020. There have been some close games, but haven't been able to pull them out. Well, the trophy case is full right now, and that's a great thing, and we'll see what will happen in 2021 very soon. Well, I hope you enjoyed the four season and review episodes looking back on the career of Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz. You know, they got a little bit longer than I planned, but there was a lot to talk about. Anyone who knows me or listens to me on this podcast knows that I, I'm a Kirk, Kirk Ferentz fan. You know, he's the winningest coach in Iowa Hawkeye history, four-time Big Ten Coach of the Year, fourth coach in history with over 100 Big Ten wins, joining Woody Hayes, Bo Schembechler, Amos, Alonzo Stagg. So good company there. He's just a great guy, a great coach, and, and a great leader. So many teams, you look at them, you see how many teams you know, have either let their longtime coaches go or they've retired, and they just fall off the face of the earth. You have to hand it to Ferris. He followed a legend. They say never follow a legend. He did so. And some may not like him as much because he isn't a flashy guy like Hayden. He doesn't have the southern drawl, the shades, the mustache, and white pants. And I loved Hayden. I mean, I, I'll, I've always loved Hayden, and I always will love Hayden. But Kirk took over the program, and he built it up, you know, into his type of program. It's been one of the most consistent winning programs in college football over the last 20 years. And, you know... Think of what happened when fans got antsy and Iowa let Tom Davis go. They wanted to take it to the next level. And I, I, I remember being frustrated back then. And 
the Hawkeyes wanted to be another Kansas, but boy, <laughs> in comes Steve Alford. We thought that was a, a can't lose scenario, and it was just awful. And then Licklider was even much worse before finally getting a good one in Fran McCaffrey. But you think about Nebraska, Tom Osborne leaves. They've just never been the same. Mac Brown at Texas, Phil Fulmer at Tennessee. There's so many examples of this. They wanted Phil Fulmer out. They've been bad ever since. And then Florida State is another one. Just the grass is always greener. You know, in some of those cases, guys retired, but the successor just could not keep the program winning. Kirk Ferentz has led the Hawkeyes to some really fun bowl wins. Nine and eight record in bowl games and five top fin 10 finishes in his career. Well, as far as 2021, I'm really high on this team. I think this could be a special season with a lot of a lot of that hinging on Spencer Petrus and his development, and then having enough guys to rotate on that D-line. I, I really have confidence that they will, but we need to be able to stop the run. I love Iowa's back seven on defense. I think they're gonna be amazing. I really like Iowa's skilled players on offense this year, so I'm so looking forward to it. I cannot wait to get back in Kinnick soon. September will be here before we know it. Two huge games to start this season, Indiana at home and then at Iowa State. So we all need to be working. We gotta get game ready over the next month. Be ready to tailgate and cheer the Hawkeyes to victory. Go Hawks!